live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. The show does head to the infamous Radio Row in Phoenix next week. So, today is your chance, clones. In fact, today really is your only opportunity to get up in here and talk about that game because you know the drill next week. If you know anything about this show, you know the drill next week. It's unlike any other week during the year. Next week, it's all about the guests. It's all about getting A-list guests. You know, guys like Trevor Lawrence. Here are some of the people that we have efforted, targeted, and have committed. Trevor Lawrence, CeeDee Lamb, Ron Rivera, my man Joe Freaky Montana, Justin Jefferson, Sean Payton, is that any good? Justin Fields, Sauce Gardner, Romo made an appearance late yesterday. Been waiting on Romo. Hopefully we get him in. Or how about the leader of the hidden village of the den himself? Man, I hope this happens. Jamal Williams, my main man, Steve Smith. You know I got to run down Steve Smith Sr. Or the other Steve Smith, Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. is scheduled to come on too. So that's the kind of week we're going to have. It's going to be an absolute blast like it always is on the row. And that's only a taste of the feast which is coming. So again, I'm not sorry to say it, clones, but there is going to be less of you and more of them next week. Perhaps more to the point, none of you next week. I may mix you in if I have an open window, but it doesn't look like there's going to be open windows. In fact, we are splitting windows next week. We are loaded. So my point to you is, if you've got thoughts on the matchup, if you've got thoughts on the game, today is your best day. Get in here. Bring me something strong. I need a take. Now, somebody who already has a take on the teams in the game, this is a given now, the dude who always has a take. There is a dude who has a take on one of the teams in the game, even though his team is not in the game, even though his team is nowhere ever near that game. But this same dude always has something to say and always knows exactly where the closest camera and or microphone are. Would you have any idea of whom I'm referencing? Of course, I'm talking about the owner, the president, the general manager, and the CEO of Team Content, as well as the Dallas Cowboys. That's right. Jarrah is back again. Jarrah's got a hot take on the Eagles of all teams. Imagine Jarrah having anything to say about the Eagles, much less some sort of hot take, some old man lava, geriatric lava. Even though the same Eagles won Jarrah's division and the same Eagles are about to play for Lombardi while Jarrah's Cowboys will be watching from Cancun. But of course, that was never going to stop Jarrah from bumping his geriatric gums. And searching out the nearest camera. Because nothing is ever going to stop Jera from bumping those Jera Atra gums. And searching out the nearest camera. Nothing except, well, the undefeated champion, Father Time. And look, I'm not saying that to be morbid. Jera is the one who constantly brings up his so-called schedule. My schedule. His schedule. Except he sort of did a 180 on that yesterday when he took a bit of a side swipe at the Eagles. Uh, I'm reluctant, even though by nature I'm a 
wildcatter. <laughs> Anybody that thinks I won't take a chance has misread the tea leaves, okay? But I do think longer term, and I'm real hesitant to bet it all for a year. And uh, there's a lot of things that can happen for that year. In essence, we're seeing a couple of teams that have had some real success putting it all out there and uh, paying, it, paying for it later in Philadelphia and, San, and uh, really uh, Los Angeles. Uh, don't think that doesn't pop my head and get my eye as far as doing it, and I know how to do that. And uh, so uh, uh, it's, uh, it's, again, it's a part of uh, uh, what you uh, put in that computer and uh, what comes out, and we'll see, we'll see how uh, it comes. But uh, that's pretty impressive to have two teams in the last two years empty the bucket and get to the Super Bowl. The hell are you even talking about, old man? What a backwards, jacked up, bleeped up take. You know, maybe in the case of the Rams, right? But essentially claiming that the Eagles went with an F them picks. F them picks? Essentially claiming that the Eagles went with an F them picks strategy to win the Super Bowl is so jacked up and backwards and wrong. I mean, it's the opposite of true. They didn't empty any buckets. They didn't cut any corners. They didn't push all their chips in. They built this belief the right way. Something you've never been able to do, geriatric Jera. Not in terms of roster building. They are running freaking circles around you, Pops, and you're the only one who doesn't seem to know it. They didn't do that, Jarrah. But you, you absolutely should have. I mean, what about your schedule, Jarrah? Why, why are you playing the long con here? You, you do know you're on the clock, Jarrah. You do know you have a schedule. My you do schedule. know about the undefeated champion in the history of the world, Father Time, right? You're telling us to read the tea leaves. My man. What about seeing the glory hole days again before it's too late? You can't try and sell us on the idea that you're playing a long game when you have no long game to play. You wildcatter. And the Eagles did not go F them picks. You know how I know that? The Eagles have two first-round picks this year, including the 10th pick overall. Two first-rounders, which, if I'm not mistaken, is twice as many as you have, Jarrah, in this draft. If anything... They're the opposite of F them picks. Not only that, but Philadelphia also has more cap space heading into next season than the Cowboys. And they're doing all of this with a quarterback that they drafted who is still on a rookie contract. That's how they're able to do all this. In other words, they know exactly what the hell they're doing. They know exactly how to build it, and they did not mortgage anything to get to this spot. No, they have not hit on everything. They have not been perfect. But Howie Roseman has done the very thing that you yourself have been trying to do, unsuccessfully, I might add, build a championship contender and build it the right way. And build it in a way that it should be sustainable. I mean, like, I know it's got to kill you to see this team in your division running circles around you and being in this game. But to hold them up as an example of, yep, built a win this year, one and done, just like the Rams, I mean, that's just not right. That's not accurate. The hell are you talking about anyway? And not only that, you haven't even done what they've done. 
At least they're somewhere that you've been trying to get to for 27 years now. You're throwing shade at the Eagles. That makes even less sense than most everything that already comes flying out of your pie hole. I mean, literally, every time you open up that geriatric hole, something wild comes out. My man, if I were you, not that I can tell you what to do, Jarrah, not that anybody can tell you what to do, but if I were you, I would keep the Eagles out your bleeping mouth. Keep my wife's name out your mouth. Hey, Jarrah, keep Howie Roseman's name out your bleeping mouth. Keep my wife's name out your mouth. Keep my name out your mouth. Because Howie knows exactly what he's doing. And he is running circles around you right now. Arguably the best in the game at this very moment. Precisely because of the way he built this team and stacked this team without mortgaging the future. I mean, I'm not sure he's getting enough love. Philly bro, Nick Sirianni, is getting a lot of the attention for his Philly bro antics. But the mastermind behind this whole thing is Howie Roseman. The dude who really deserves the bleeping credit or more bleeping credit is Howie bleeping Roseman. Credit. So once again, Jera, I mean, it, it worked. Here we are. Here the bleep Here we, we are. are. Here the, the Friday we are. before the week, and I'm leading the show, not with Philadelphia, not with the Chiefs, not even with Bacon 45, not with Aaron Rodgers, but you. Oh, man, you did it again. It's incredible. But understand how you did it. With a back-ass-words take that makes no sense whatsoever. But you did it. You got me to look at you. You got me to respond to you. You got me to lead my nationally-based, internationally-acclaimed talk show with you. Man, that is music. That is absolute music to my ears. You should know by now exactly what that sound represents. That that is the very best kind of notification you could ever hear. It is the sound of another sale on Shopify and the moment that another business dream has become a reality. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. It doesn't even matter what you're selling. Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business. I mean anything. Succulents or stilettos. Flaky salt or fine art prints, all sorts of categories, fashion, home and garden, health and beauty, essentially anything. Shopify covers every sales channel from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. It even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 help and an extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up right now for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Rome, R-O-M-E, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Rome to take your business to the next level today, shopify.com slash R-O-M-E. Jera, I hate to say this, but scoreboard, feel free to look up at it. Since your Cowboys last appeared in a Super Bowl, the Eagles have gone to three. And they've made it to seven NFC championships. You, on the other hand, have accomplished none of the above. However, nobody is more accomplished at bumping their gums. That I will give you. And naturally, he was not done. 
There was more where that came from. Like when he tried to explain that even though he doesn't empty the bucket and take risks, he is still a real risk taker at heart. When they cut me open, it will be all those scars, heart attacks for all the risks I took <laughs> and the years I spent paying for. Mm-hmm. And so my point is that uh, I do know how to take risk. Yeah, Jerry, I'm sure when they do cut you open, they're going to find all sorts of stuff. Man, they're going to find all sorts of things when they open you up, my man. I'm sure there's all kinds of damage from all your risk-taking and bourbon streeting and Little Rock airporting and Harry Heinzing. Believe me, I believe you. My man, everybody believes you. Yo, wildcatter. Wildcatter. At least he had some coherent thoughts on the one thing the Cowboys actually did accomplish this season. Ending Bacon 45. Just kidding. Of course, he didn't have coherent thoughts. Not on that. In fact, he couldn't even remember the question that he was asked. We think Tom Brady is, is retiring for good now. Can you just talk about not only his career, but... How good it feels to, to finally get that win there in the playoffs on here. You said it right. Uh, <laughs> I get that win when one time uh, after my first year, uh, Jimmy Johnson and someone asked me, uh, uh, well, what about your first year? And I put a ball up there that Herschel Walker had signed, and I said, this is our win. And the guy starts laughing, and he said, I don't know of anybody that's excited as you are over a win. That's all we had was a win on that. So, uh, uh, you know, I'm excited about, uh, uh, I forgot the question. Tom Brady. Brady, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, you're absolutely right. Apology not accepted. I'm going to hold that Tampa Bay win up just like I do, did that Herschel Walker ball. My man's just rambling on about nothing at all. And and then asked to say, what was the question? I like the beginning of that when he agrees with the questioner, like, oh, man, you are right. That win, man, that felt good. That win in the wild card round over a sub-500 team and a 45-year-old quarterback felt great. You said it right. Uh, <laughs> get that win when one time uh, after my first. I mean, is that what you're in it for, dude? There is your fearless leader, Cowboy Nation. But then again, I tend to look at it a different way. Your fearless leader, your owner, your team president, your general manager, you are in the best of hands. Team content. Team Cowboys, y'all, you're screwed. Good luck finding your way back to the glory hole days on Jarrah's new extended schedule. Good luck with Big Mike calling the plays. Good luck with the rest of Dak's contract. Good luck with all of it. Because from the looks and the sounds of things, Y'all have never needed that luck more than you need it right now. I mean, if the eternally optimistic, if not myopic old dude, is a little grumpy though right now, you can see where that might be. You can see why that might be. The Eagles, the team that he just took a run at and sideswiped for not building it and making it sustainable, that team, they've got like three running backs and a quarterback eating up chunks and chunks of yardage every game for the price of, like, a Wendy's combo. By the way, Wendy's will be my sponsor on the row next week. Love it. He gets all of that, Philly, I mean, for the price of a Wendy's combo, while Jarrah 
dropped the Brinks truck on Ezekiel's doorstep. And instead of chunk plays, he got himself a chunky running back. By the way, did they ever finish sweeping up the pieces of Ezekiel off the turf after that genius final play? And wasn't that genius final play called by the even more chunky dude who fired the other somewhat less chunky dude so he can call the plays himself? But sure, keep throwing shade at the Eagles, the team that's in the Super Bowl, and favor to win it all. Keep my name out your mouth. I'll tell you what, man, this dude is a wizard. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Don't make a shake or eat a bar. Grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper instead. Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender. It's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. And it goes wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you are buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. And if you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares Oh, Trapper, what's your beef? Julian Love is my guest. Julian, good to have you on. How are you? Well, how are you? Good, dude, good. It's great to visit with you. Let me ask you, the season may not have ended the way you had hoped, but I don't think too many people saw the Giants having the year you guys had when the season started. So when you look back on this past year, what kind of thoughts do you have? Yeah, I think it's, it's a lot of emotion for sure when you look back at this season. Um, it was a lot of for sure, beating expectations um, throughout the year. We had some big wins throughout the year. Um, and this is a tribute to just the players just really meshing and uh, competing with each other um, to always find ways to win games. Julian, how about the coach? How much credit does Brian Dable deserve? And how was he able to come in and change that culture so dramatically and so quickly? Yeah, so that was a big thing. You know, the culture is the, the biggest impact he had on uh, – on the team. He came in from day one and the energy in the building was, was great from staff, coaches, players down. Um, and he kind of set the standard for what we, we had to do. And then, you know, he let players be players. He let coaches coach. And I think that's what all great coaches have to do. Um, just let their guys shine. Uh, and we did that. And as pressure to players, you know, we kind of said it as captains uh, before the season started, our good players have to play well. I mean, that's as simply as you can put it uh, for us to be successful, and that's what happened. We're talking to Julian Love. You know, when you talk about pressure, it seems to me not everybody is built to live and work in New York, especially on the big stage. I mean, look, there's pressure no matter where you play, but especially there. Now, if you win, there might not be a better place, but if you suck, they're coming for you. Do you like that environment? Do you feed off that environment and energy yourself? Uh, you know, I kind of walk the line. It's, it's tough, like you said. I've been through um, bad season, and it's the worst thing ever. People, you know, are on your head all the time. Um, but then when you win, you know, people are excited, and there's no, like you, you said, no better place to win than New York. Um, you know, all of a sudden you're getting invited to, you know, the Knicks games, Yankees games, you know, events and all that stuff. Um, and that's why as a New York athlete, you kind of have to walk the line and stay in your role um, and not get too big-headed when it's high and not get too down when it's low. That makes sense but, to me. Like, when you talk about how they're, like, on your head, are you talking about, like, just normal social media kind of stuff? Or are you talking about walking around town and the, and Giants fans have no problem letting you know exactly how they feel or all the above? Uh, I, I would say they don't, like, say it to my face how they feel, but you'll hear, like, oh, the Giants, oh, another year for the Giants, you know. And 
I'm not the most recognizable guy, I would say, so I can blend in and be like, oh, you know, they'll get it together. <laughs> There'll be several instances of that. But then, yeah, social media is, you know, we live in that social media age, and so everyone feels comfortable saying anything. Um, and, yeah, they, they let you have it for sure. Hey, Julian, where do you come out on that? You know, like like the Twitter mobsters, the Twitter gangsters. I mean, is this just the way it is? It is what it is. Or do you have an issue with people being willing to say something because they're protected behind their keyboard? Uh, I mean, as much as I, I feel like I do have an issue with it, you know, that's just the way of the times. Uh, you got to understand that everybody has access to really contacting you, reaching out to you at their fingertips. Um, and so, you know, as athletes, you got to be mindful when you're talking to fans. I, I think you see a lot of guys caught up when they're talking to fans um, because, you, like you said, they <laughs> they don't know what they don't know. And so uh, you got to kind of play that, that, that middle ground where you have to engage with, you know, your fan base and, you know, your community, but also be mindful of, you know, Twitter trolls and all that stuff. Julian, you know what it is. They don't know. To your point, they don't know what they don't know, but I'll tell you what they do know. If they're able to hook you or somebody else, that's a win. That's a dub for them, and that's a win for their day. They win their day if they can hook you. That they do know. Oh, without a doubt. I've gotten (laughs) – I can't even tell you how many messages. I I don't fully see them. Um, but just people just automatically, something happens in the game, reach out to me, message me, uh, tag me in something. And it's like, all right, like it is, you know, it's all reactionary and the news cycle is pretty quick. So he's got to have a strong mind. We're talking to Julian Love of the Giants. So your quarterback, Daniel Jones, let me bring him up. He put up the best numbers of his career. The two of you came into the league at the same time. You see him every day in practice. What was the biggest difference that you saw in him this past season? Yeah, I think he did a great job of just allowing his, his his playmakers to make plays. You know, before he, I felt like felt he had to make all the plays himself, or you know, he had to force some things, and he just let the game come to him this year. You know, he's a student of the game. He's always improving, always learning, um, and he just was. You know, I felt like one step ahead and just playing with such confidence this year. Um, and he was able to use a lot of his game. I feel like in years past, he's been limited to kind of what he does. You know, there hasn't been that many designed runs which really opened up our offense this year with a lot of the runs that he was uh, designated for. Um, and then, yeah, I think, you know, that's a tribute to Mike Kafka and letting him, you know, play Daniel Jones' game. Uh, I think it's just going to go up from here. Julian Love is joining us. You know, it seems to me the most impressive thing about your season, at least in my opinion, is the fact that you guys were 8-4-1 and one in one-score games. What's that say about this team's grit, resolve, and ability to finish? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's everything right there. We we realize, I know as defense, we realize, hey, we're going to have to win these close games. That's just, you know, we don't have that luxury of of really, you know, putting up 40 points, blowing teams out. And so on defense, we knew games would be close. Um, and, you know, with that, you know, Dave, like I said, he brought in this, this sense of competitiveness to the building. And we were competing in everything because he wanted to build, he always said, uh, competitive stamina within his team. Um, so whether that's in ping pong, whether that's in student hoops, whether that's in golf, he wants guys to be able like, to the, find that urge to win, which, you know, talking to grown men about that in the NFL, like, oh, we all want to win. We're all super competitive. But it's just building that innate nature within, within you again uh, to do it with guys next to you, and that just carried over to, you know, finishing and competing in these games late. 
I think you just said something really interesting. They're like, you know, we're all grown men here in the NFL. Like, we're all getting paychecks. We're all po- paid. We're grown-ass men. It may or may not work. Clearly, what he's doing is working. So let me ask you about yesterday. You stirred things up a bit when you were asked about Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni on NFL Network. I mean, let me just start right here. This is a different dude now. Like, he's practically like a Philly bro right there on the sideline. In your opinion, if you play for him, do you like that energy, or would that wear you out? Uh, if, if I was on that side of things, yeah, I would like it. I mean, you know, especially, you know, the silly fan base, they're passionate. And I feel like he carries that to the sideline. So if I was on that side, for sure, you know, I wouldn't have any uh, opposition to it. So who do you think sets the tone? You've played them. You know them real well. Who do you think yeah. sets the tone for that team, him or Jalen Hurts? Oh, I mean, I think the highest you can possibly think of Jalen Hurts. You know, he really, I mean, I, I've seen him, you know, since he got to the league. Uh, I think it's him uh, because he has just grown and he's, he's garnered my respect so much because of the true leader he is. Um, plus, I mean, you have, when you look at that roster, I think it's the most you know, whether people like it or not, this year it's the most complete roster in, in the NFL. Uh, offense, defense, teams, like they have just a complete team. Uh, and it starts with him. And with his game, I think that level up was he always can throw the ball well. He always can run the ball well. He has now, his decision-making process has gone up um, in terms of he knows when, you know, take the loss, whatever, throw the ball away, uh, check it down. That just is huge for them. And they manage games so well. Um, and they put up a lot of points. I think they're one of the best offenses in the league. You know, stats or not, they just they can do so much. I think what you just said, and that that's not controversial. That's not polarizing at all. I think they do, top to bottom, have the best roster in the league. So that being said, how much credit does their coach deserve for them being where they are right now if they've got the best roster in the league? Yeah, so similar to Dave's, you know, I think when you have some talent on your team, the best thing you can do is just let the players play. I feel like I've seen a lot of uh, people, you know, coaches, you know, whether it's in college and NFL, I feel like they get in the way of their players playing the game. Um, you know, I talk about Dave's letting our personalities show through our play. Sirianni, I mean, he, he's, he's letting his players' personalities show as well. Um, and you know, so you see him on sideline fired up, jacked up, because, I mean, he has dogs across the ball for him. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's the biggest credit I can give him is – he's not getting in the way of his team, which, you know, has gotten into his position. They were the best team in the NFC by far. It's shown in the playoffs. And, yeah, I think they have a serious, serious shot of winning this, this upcoming game in the Super Bowl. And so I think, uh, yeah, he gets a lot of that credit. I mean, Julian, you're not – I think maybe not as aggressively or as emphatically saying what you had said yesterday, but you're not walking back – which I appreciate and I respect. I mean, you're saying, in effect, that this guy's got really good players and he stays out of the way. That said, in terms of social, did Philly fans jump into your mentions yesterday? Oh, like no other. (laughs) Tell me about it. How'd that go? uh, I mean, every time I play Philly, a lot of them jump into my my social media and stuff like that. Um, That's just what you expect in the game, in in the division game. You know, when I play Dallas, it's the same thing and all that stuff. Um, But, I mean, it was... You know, that little clip was shown, but right before that clip, I was giving them a lot of props for leading them to this to this point. Um, and like I said, I just think he's done a great job of letting his players play. You know, when you have a roster like that, you just don't mess it up for them. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a true believer in this being a player's league, um, like, I, like I said. And, 
yeah, I mean, that's what it is, what it is. And I have, like, a ton of respect for the Philly team. Like, some of those dudes were, were at my wedding. Like, some of those dudes I lived with in college. Um, like, offense, defense, and so I'm a big believer in them. And so, I, I mean, with the clip of him, you know, uh, in the uh, – whatever they showed, you know, and looking into the camera, dancing or whatever it was, I think this is him enjoying, really, you know, his team. Julian, you know how this goes, right? You understand this as well as anybody that – and I talk to my guys about this all the time. It's – it's like whatever the platform is, you have to know your room. Like if you say something on a show and it's in context of everything else that's going on, that's very different than a clip being lifted and then pushed out on another platform. Although, you know, you said what you said and you meant what you said, but it just kind of reads differently sometimes. That's just part of the game oh, yeah. too, right? Without a doubt. And, you know, I, I try to – I definitely pride myself in kind of keeping it, you know, uh, straightforward. And so I comment. Yes, dude, don't uh, change that, by the way. Don't change that. Absolutely. You want to be yeah, straightforward. You know, I mean, obviously it was taken a certain way, but, you know, they're, the, they're representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. There's no taking that away from them. And Julian, here's the bigger issue, right? What did you think when you looked out your window and you saw the Empire State Building all lit up green and white <laughs> in honor of them winning the NFC? How did that feel? Oh, man. That was a, that was a dagger for sure. <laughs> I mean... I understand, like, you know, being in the city of New York, it, there's obligations you have to have, you know, with the league and, and, you know, not just the league, but bigger than sports, you know, obligations in general being New York City. But, yeah, people in Philly are not lighting stuff up Giants Blue ever. Uh, and so, yeah, it's kind of that situation like, man, that is a, a shot. <laughs> I hear you, dude. You're right. They're not going to light your colors up ever, ever, ever. So you tweeted a couple of days ago, get me on a golf course. Did you get out, and how are you hitting them these days? Oh, you know, I did hop on the range a couple of times. I'm still, you know, out, you know, up, up in New York, and so it hasn't been the best weather to get out. Um, but I have, have hopped on the course and or the range. It's been good. I mean, I, feel like I picked up where I left off last summer. Um, and so now we're going to do some traveling, get some warm weather, and you know, hopefully just dial in my game a little bit more this year. I like it. What do you like about it? Like, I, I love talking to athletes that play another sport that's not their sport, but especially golf. Most guys, you know, you know how golf is. Like, if you like it, you love it, and guys love it because they can never master it or there's a mental approach to it. Like, what do you like about the game? Uh, I think, you know, like you said, I think it's, it's something to master. It's something that, you know, frustrates a lot of people. Uh, I'm not somebody who gets, like, super frustrated. Um, so I just enjoy the challenge of golf. And, you know, playing against people who are better than you, they're always, you're always trying to improve, get better. And I think it's just the best game. You know, I'm big into, like, meditation and kind of just, you know, mental health and all that stuff. Um, I think it's the best thing for me at that. I can just, you know, hit a course or hit a range and just kind of go into my own world and just, you know, flow, so to speak. Um, and so, yeah, I think it, it's just, you know, it's also not taxing on my body, so I can do it all the time. Dude, you just hit my favorite topic really quickly. So, I mean, exactly. It's great for your mental game. What do you do to work on your mental game? What's your process? What's your regimen? We can talk about nutrition. We can talk about lifting. But what do you do for your mental game? Yeah, you know, that's the that's the the hill a lot of guys have to climb and figure out, you know, what suits them. For me, I, I meditate, you know, a couple times a week, you know, definitely before the game. I try to center myself. Um, I've been doing like that since high school with visualization. And thankfully I had a good high school coach who kind of instilled that in us, uh, that visual visualization process of, you know, seeing yourself making plays, seeing yourself just being carefree, being in the moment. Um, and so it's big on that part. 
Um, but then, you know, I try to just take some cleanses. When I'm not around football, you know, because it's a, such a stressful job and you're putting it all on the line each week, when I'm not when I'm home, when I'm not on it, I try to clear my mind of football. You know, I, I dedicate it as much as I can when I'm in the building. You know, when it's time, when I'm, you know, on the clock, so to speak. When I'm off, I try to be off completely. Um, and I think that has helped me these past four years just to keep myself, you know, keep the main thing the main thing. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of my process. I like that. I like that a lot, actually. Mental health is very much an issue, and it's good to have that process. So really quickly, because you know both these teams, can you help me break it down? How do you – what do you think the Super Bowl matchup is going to hinge on, and who do you like? Man, I think it's going to determine – I guess it's going to be on if the Chiefs' D can limit the Eagles' offense. You know, obviously the, the, the Chiefs' uh, offense is pretty good. I think – Eagles defense is pretty elite as well. Um, but if they, if the Chiefs can't stop the Eagles, I think the Eagles have this by two possessions at least um, because they do such a good job of spreading the field. Everyone's a threat at any moment. Um, and, yeah, I mean, people won't like me for picking the, the Eagles, but I'll just say the, the Chiefs aren't going to win, I don't think. I can appreciate it. I think, I think what you say makes a lot of sense. I can make an argument for either one of those teams, but I can't no dis dispute what you just said he's a safety for the Giants he was selected with the 108th pick overall in 2019 out of Notre Dame and as I mentioned coming off a big big year he had 124 tackles joy and love making it back in joy and I appreciate you appreciate that conversation man go find yourself a golf course or get out of New York find some <laughs> sun too. my dude <laughs> thank All right. you great talking to you man thank you so much Julian. man that is music that is absolute music to my ears you should know by now exactly what that sound represents, that that is the very best kind of notification you could ever hear. It is the sound of another sale on Shopify and the moment that another business dream has become a reality. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. It doesn't even matter what you're selling. Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business. I mean anything. Succulents or stilettos. Flaky salt or fine art prints. All sorts of categories. Fashion, home and garden, health and beauty. Essentially anything. Shopify covers every sales channel from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, it even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 help and an extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up right now for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Rome, R-O-M-E, all lowercase, Go to shopify.com slash Rome to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash R-O-M-E. V in the fee. V, what's going on, brother? Shaquille Rome, Neil. What's up, my player? What's up, dude? Yo, guess where I'm headed this weekend, bro? Vegas? Laughlin, Nevada. Close. Laughlin, Nevada. Okay. Which is directly on the way to Phoenix and Glendale. So, of course, you're all invited. And even you, Rit, I know you know Don Laughlin personally. You guys probably still watch the honeymoon together, Honeymooners Together, you old bag of dirt. Hey, Rit, since Brady announced his retirement on Instagram, are you going to announce your retirement on 8-track tape, you old bag of bones? But anyways, yo, we're hitting Laughlin for my dude. He's hitting his Mike Gundy year. 40. 
Relax, James Kelly. I said 40, not 40. Mike Gundy, not Mike 40. But, yo, Romy, my sports take. The NBA trade that trade deadline is next Thursday. So, hey, let GM's Muppet. Robotox Palinka. Rob Pasinka. Let me do your job for you, Broham. Call up the Toronto Raptors and trade Russell Dressbrick for OG Ananobi, Fred Van Fleet, and Thaddeus Young. If my Lakers do that, we are going to the finals. So, Rob Pasinka. Close the tanning bed and get your ass on the phone. So, yo, I'll see you in Laughlin, Laughlin, Romy Stilskin. Bring some chapstick, though. Supposed to be windier than James Kelly's girl, Wendy Williams. But let's drink, gamble together, and hit DK Mudcast's favorite table. Crap. Be in the fee. Out. My man, he is just terrible. But I love him. Hey, now, are you craving some protein after a good workout? Of course. Can I tell you, I'm starving after every workout. So this time, do not make a shake or eat a bar. Grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper instead. Why Old Trapper? Because Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and it's tender. And it's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. And Old Trapper is a family-owned business that takes smoked beef extremely seriously. And you can taste it in every single bite. I mean, who wants dried out rough beef in a bag nobody it's like eating a shoe old trapper though is the real deal and it comes in four amazing flavors old-fashioned is sweetened with a touch of brown sugar goodness teriyaki peppered and hot and spicy for those who like to take things up a notch so next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime anywhere grab some old trapper beef jerky look for old trapper in the clearview bag that way you can see exactly what you're buying look for it in major retail stores near you if you don't see it clones ask for it by name because no other jerky compares old trapper what is your beef he is michael lombardi michael what's going on how are you how are you jim Michael, I'm great. I know you're going to the row next week like I am, so I would thought that I would get out in front of it and get to you before you got to the row, so good to have you back. Thanks so much. Let me start, Michael, with Tom Brady. You know him well. You worked with him. Did you expect Tom Brady to retire, and then secondarily, do you expect him to stay retired? You know, I think I do. I, you know, to me, uh, you know, as he's going through his personal life, we tend to forget about that as as fans and you know, spectators of the NFL, but it's a traumatic and he's a single father now and his kids go to school in Miami. And so unless he plays for the Dolphins and he has visitation rights, it'd be hard for him to go somewhere else and play and kind of operate in that scenario. So I think most times for NFL quarterbacks, their arm gets them, their lack of courage, getting hit too much gets them, a debilitating injury gets them. And in this case, I think for Tom Brady, family got him. And I think it's important for him to be a father for his children. So I think he made that choice. You would know much better than me, but I agree with that, I think, Michael. I think picking a shot and an eighth ring over his family, I think, seems very far-fetched. I agree with you. What about, Michael, when you look at the situation, and you wrote a column about the offseason and quarterbacks and where they might end up, when you look at Green Bay and the way they're handling themselves so far this offseason, does it appear to you that they've already moved on from Aaron Rodgers? You know, they went 8-9 and nine with them. And you could almost hear the echoes in the building saying, we went eight and nine with them. Why are we going? To, what are we going to do next year with them again? Are we, are we any worse with Jordan Love? Now, I don't agree with that. I'm just saying 
I could hear that because, you know, like a, like any relationship, there's been ups and downs and sometimes you get frustrated. You know, my next book called football done, right. I break down a whole uh, the reason why trades happen in the NFL, some historic trades. You were, you were growing up in Los Angeles when the John Hadle trade, the Lawrence Welk, a one or two and a three trade came in. And, and a lot of times these trades happen because of, desperation. I got to get the player out of the building. We're unhappy. We're having a bad relationship. And then another team thinks they're just one player away. And I think that dynamic is getting set up. And I think Rodgers and Green Bay seem like they're headed for a divorce because I think both sides might be tired of each other. Michael Lombardi is my guest. So to that point, Michael, is Aaron Rodgers in your mind still that one player away? And then is there a situation that calls for one player to get them over the hump as you see it right now? I don't think I don't think any team's one player away, but Rodgers would make a team a lot better, you know. And but you got to remember something, you know. We're, as we get older, we get set in our ways. Well, the same thing for quarterbacks, right? So he knows the system. He's comfortable in the system. He's played in it, you know. For him to go to another system, like when Brett Favre went back to to the New York Jets and he had to play in a digit system with Brian Schottenheimer, remember? And so that was a foreign system to him. So it was like speaking Chinese when he spoke English his whole life. That's a challenge for quarterbacks. They don't want to go through that. And so for Rodgers at this point in his life, I think he wants comfortability more than anything. He wants to go somewhere where he knows the terminology. He understands the protections. Does that mean it's the Jets? I don't know. But I think that's going to go a long way. So, Michael, if it is the Jets, there's a lot to like about the Jets. Certainly he makes them better. If it's the Jets, does he make them a legitimate Super Bowl contender? Well, it depends on, A, what it costs to get him. I mean, here's the thing, Jim. He's a rental. Right. He's a, you're going to rent him. So how do you pay two number ones for a rental? I mean, you could criticize the Russell Wilson trade, but the Broncos felt they were getting a quarterback for the next five years, so they paid accordingly. So what does it cost to get him? And then what does it cost for your cap? See, one of the things I think missing about the, the final four teams is that only one of them had a high-priced quarterback, and that was Mahomes. And he, he's one of the few that tilts the field, right? Every other, one, every other quarterback's on a rookie deal, which allows you to have depth, which allows you to overcome injuries, allows you to spread the money around. When you sign a quarterback to that $40 million deal like Dallas did, and all of a sudden you got so much money tied up, you lose depth. I think Buffalo's the perfect example. The Buffalo's depth this year wasn't as good. They lose Von Miller. They lose their two safeties. All of a sudden they have no depth. Michael Lombardi joining us. I'm glad you brought that up, Michael, because when Mahomes signed that deal, there were people who were saying on this show and off the show, man, that is just asinine. That's absurd. And I and my response, Michael, was you think that's absurd. You're really not going to like what I'm about to say. At 40 mil, I could argue he's still underpaid. Like, can you overpay right. Patrick Mahomes? You can never overpay greatness. Now, here's the problem, Jim. We have, a, we have a hard time in our, in our society in terms of evaluating. We have what I call the Dick Vitale moment. We, we have a hard time understanding what's great. We think everything's great, right? Well, it's not. Dak Prescott's a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. There's very few great quarterbacks, right? And so you can't overpay for greatness. But when you overpay for good, that's when you get in trouble. And that's what's happened to teams. They've overpaid for good. Baltimore overpaid for Flacco. You know, and that got him in trouble. So when you overpay for good, it's a problem. It's going to happen with Daniel. Daniel Jones is a good quarterback. Is he worth $45 million a year? No. Would you pay him $40 million a year? Of course not. If he gets that, he hurts your team. 
Michael Lombardi joining us. Michael, you mentioned Russell Wilson. So what about this? Denver hires Sean Payton in part to come in and fix Russ. Do you think he'll be able to do so, or is Russ, in your mind, irreparably damaged? I think Russ can get better. There's no doubt. I mean, he can improve. But look, Sean Payton's one of the few on planet Earth that can coach the quarterback and evaluate the quarterback. Remember, Sean Payton's ruthless now. He was trying to trade up to get Patrick Mahomes in New Orleans. And he re-beat him to it. He wanted, even when he had Brees, he wanted Mahomes. So he can evaluate quarterbacks. He knows how to get Russell's hair apparent. And look, let's face it, Russell's at that stop. Like, you ever go to Barstow and there's that sign there that says, as you're leaving Barstow, heading to, heading to Las Vegas, eat here or we both starve? Well, <laughs> Russell's at that stop. He either eats with Sean or he's going to starve. But like you said, guys get set in their ways, and Russ especially, right? I mean, this guy really does need to take a good, long look in the mirror and realize it's not everybody else's fault. Do you think that Russ is built like that? Do you think he's self-aware enough to do that? No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I think he's living in another world. I think, I think he is what, what has been created. And, you know, he's a star, and, you know, he's got everything that comes with it. Why? What made Brady so great? You know what made Brady so great? Selflessness. He took less money from the Patriots. He allowed them to achieve. He was the highest paid quarterback. He wasn't the, the highest paid player in the league. He could have been if he wanted it, but he didn't. He wanted to win more than anything. So he took less for his brand to give himself a chance to enhance his brand by winning. That's not what we see with Russell. He is a three-time Super Bowl-winning NFL executive. He's host of the Lombardi line on VEASAN as well. So, Michael, what about the 49ers situation? Kyle Shanahan made it pretty clear a couple days back. Jimmy Garoppolo is not coming back. He made it clear that he feels like we are content enough with the two guys we have. What do you make of their quarterback situation? And if it's not Jimmy G, they got to bring somebody in. Who makes sense? You know, that's a great question. I, you know, I threw this out on my show today, the Lombardi line. I, I how about Cooper Rush with Kyle Shannon? How good mm, would that look? Mm, interesting. You know, you know, like he does everything that Purdy does, maybe a little better. I, I think to me, if Purdy had Tommy John surgery, and I don't know that he has to do, I've read that online that there's speculation he does, but let's say he does. You can't go into the season with Trey Lance. You're not even, they didn't go into the last season with Trey Lance and he didn't play last year. I mean, after the Houston preseason game, the, the alarm sounded in the 49er building. They can't win with Trey Lance. So they went with someone else. So they went with, they signed Jimmy back. I think that's what you'll see. I think the biggest market in the NFL this offseason is going to be the backup quarterback market. I think guys are going to make a lot of money because we've had 70 players play the position and start in the NFL, the most since the 87 strike. The value is in the backup quarterback, and guys are going to get paid. Cooper Rush will get paid. Jared Stidham will get paid. Mike White will get paid. So, Michael, where do you come out on Trey Lance? For instance, do you see him and think to yourself, man, they gave up so much, they can't afford not to play him? Or do you look at him and say, listen, he's not the guy. It doesn't matter what we gave up. We have to move on. Well, you know, I write, we write the Daily Coach every day, and, and one of the things we talk about in decision-making is the sunk cost fallacy. You know, once you know what a player is, no matter what you gave up for him, you've got to move on. Now, I'm not sure they know what Cray Lance is because he's never played. He didn't play in college. He didn't play in pro. He hasn't played in three years. This guy played one year of college football in his senior season. How do you even know what he is? Brock Purdy started 46 games. Bill Parcells used to have a mandate. Any quarterback that he wanted to draft, he wanted at least 26 starts. He wanted to watch the guy on tape. Trey, we don't even know who Trey Lance is. So I, I have no guarantee. So what I would do if I were the 49ers is I would continue down evaluating 
and I would sign someone else to make sure that I protect my team. Michael Lombardi is joining us. I mentioned, Michael, you'll be on the row next week, so I know you'll be talking about the matchup the entire week. How about an early lean? The line I last saw was Eagles minus one and a half. That's moved around a little bit. What is your early lean? Who do you like in the game? Well, I think this. I think you have to go back to the 2019 Super Bowl, Tampa, when Brady won it. You know, that game was 31-9, to and they had Patrick Mahomes on Kansas City. Kansas City couldn't block Tampa Bay that day. They couldn't block them. They never could block them. Now, I know Mike Reimers was playing left tackle. Eric Fisher got hurt the week before, but they couldn't block them. I'm worried about this, 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 this uh, Kansas City offensive line blocking them. If you watch the Tennessee game or if you watch the four Cincinnati games, that line struggled to block a powerful defensive front. So my initial reaction is that's going to be a problem for Andy Reid. You know, Patrick Mahomes had to throw the ball 68 times to beat Tennessee 20-17 to 17 in overtime. And the way they won the game was he took off on two runs, and that got him in the end zone, the 14-yarder and the 20-yarder. So they struggle against dominant defensive fronts, and this eagle front is really good. Really good. Really good. I like him on the backside, too. So, Michael, really quickly, and I appreciate your time, where do you come out on Nick Sirianni? Of course, Julian Love came on the program today. He kind of got things stirred up yesterday when, when he said, this guy's got a free ride, man. Look at who he has. Nothing but dogs top to bottom on that roster. And, you know, he... He didn't walk it back when I talked to him today, but he kind of made his point, right, that there's a lot of guys who could coach that team. Where do you come out on Sirianni? I think you got to give him I, I thought it was a really uh, a reach higher because he never really had experience calling plays or running a team. But give him credit for developing an offense. This six-back attack for Jalen Hurts. Somebody's done that. It just didn't happen. Like somebody developed this offense. Somebody changed the, the last time the Chiefs and the Eagles played was week four last year, 2021, two years ago, right? That offense is different than it is today. And you got to give the head coach credit for changing the offense, changing the mindset, and then making sure that the team could do it. And, and they'd have, yeah, they're talented, but look, it doesn't matter. Talent only gets you so far. You got to get coached. John Shul is the winningest coach in the NFL. He had Dan Marino. He missed the Super Bowl for He missed going to the playoffs four straight years. It takes more than just, hey, you got good players. It's so funny, Michael. Like when you mentioned Don Shula, of course my mind goes to, yeah, well, Jeff Saturday. What do you what do you make of Jim Ursay comparing Jeff Saturday to Don Shula? Well, nobody understands history. We had some clown on Twitter yesterday put his top five quarterbacks. He didn't have Joe Montana on there, and he's getting paid by a, a major cable network. Uh, to evaluate quarterbacks, and he played quarterbacks in the league. And he doesn't even have Joe Montana as the top quarterback. He didn't have Otto Graham. He didn't have Johnny Unitas. Look, Shula learned how to play. He's from the Paul Brown School of Coaching. He played for Brown. He learned how to coach from Brown. He moved around. He was a defensive coordinator. Yes, he was young, but he understood the game. He played, and then he went and served an apprenticeship. Can't jump steps. Look, I'm not walking into some hospital tomorrow and start doing surgery. Like, you've got to have to go through the process to understand what you're doing. The head coaching job is a harder job to get to the United States Senator. You're going to have to serve some apprentice. They're just not going to give you this job to run a $7 billion franchise because you played and you hung around Hall of Fame players. No, they won't, or they shouldn't, but they did on an interim basis because... Jim Irsay. Exactly. Oh no, believe me, I'm not defending this at all. How did that work out? That worked like it worked out like crap. They beat the Raiders, <laughs> then they lost seven in a row. They gave up an enormous lead. It, went, it worked out horribly. 
And then they lost to the Texans, who were playing for the first pick overall. So it worked out horribly. He's a three-time Super Bowl-winning NFL executive. He's host of the Lombardi Line, which is heard on VEASAN, seen there. Host of the GM Shuffle Pod, and he will be on Radio Row and responsible for the Daily Coach newsletter. He's a busy man. Michael, appreciate you. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Jim. Appreciate you. Good talking to you, Michael. And he's a big Springsteen guy, so even more to like about him. I love the boss. Uh-oh. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. We've all been watching. Welcome to the jungle. A tremendous Monday to you. My name is Jim Rome. How was your weekend? How are you living? I guess it really does depend on where you are living. Why don't we start with the AFC Championship? And now, hopefully, nobody ever uses that name or utters the word Burrowhead ever again. I don't know what kind of adrenaline that guy was running on. I don't know what he had to do to get ready. But remember, we're talking about a guy that injured his back Friday at the end of practice. And there was a big question as to whether or not he would go. He sounds all right to me, Alvy. <laughs> Mahomes is going to try to run for the first down, and he wins. Eli Manning. Not that we didn't already know Eli, that Patrick Mahomes was already trending towards being an all-time great. From the final you know, play, offensive play where he's able to run and get the first down, get out of bounds, get the penalty, shows his dedication, his commitment, and, and just his ability to rise to the occasion. Eli Manning, what the hell are you talking about? I had a 14 parlay. I had unders in both games. I had Philly, and I needed Cincinnati. That's not the reason for this call. I mean, Billy, if it's about the parlay, just say it. How proud he must have been to be Patrick's dad. Each time he got maimed by Chris Jones. How great it must have felt to be Patrick's dad. Watching his son be better year after year. John Neems. Neems, is that in fact really you? <laughs> Woo! John Neems, my ass. It's Bruce in Ottawa. <laughs> The fact of the matter is, not only did you fools get played, you got played by Canada. Roman Rome, what's happening, partner? They better come correct. At least Vic and NoCal showed. No, no, Driz. Shark! Shark! Dude, get to the shore. Swim! Driz, swim! Shark! Cincinnati. Cincinnati? Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Not today. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Nobody. Ed Cooley. How many times do you say that person has it? If you don't got it, it's hard to give it to you. But the ones who have it are the ones that help win championships. How would you define it? Oh, passion, toughness, swag. Jimmy G. Have you seen that dude's face? Have you seen this guy's face? The dude is pretty handsome. Yeah, I probably would walk around with a perma grin on my face, too, if I look like that guy. Uh, Again, thanks for Divine. Big, big fan. Uh, Work. No, 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 no. Jason, you still there? I wanted to work uh, shared belief getting into the Racing Hall of Fame. Hey, Abby, what did that vegan hooker at Whole Foods ever do to you? What, the nymph at Ralph's didn't want any of that? I'm retiring. You deserve all of our respect. You deserve all of our admiration. And if this really is retirement, good for you. But this time, stay retired. 
I never got to see Ozzy live. I never got to see him actually bite a bat's head off. I never saw him get down on his knees and snort a line of ants. Ross Tucker. All right, Ross, you and me. Great snap first. Great snap first. And I'm 26, 27. I've started 25 games, played in 45. And I was like, okay, Tom, got it. I never wanted to snap the ball so well in my life. Hello, Kathleen. <laughs> Say it. Say it. Why Say it. Hi, so Jim. Hard? Hey, it's me. It is really it is. Email. How, why did Sean Payton want to coach a 35-year-old stale cake when he could wait a year and coach a 6'6", 25-year-old ice cream cake? Underneath the vet, there are these big rats, right, to avoid the rats. And Seth was right at the entrance of the shower along with all the rats. You are kill him right now! I want to talk! You kill him! You kill yourself, you mother! Give me back my son! Hello! You want him? Yes! Give me you back my son, you mother! Daddy! Ah, ah, daddy! Romy, my beef is with you. Sex would not be undefeated. If you considered sex versus the great equalizer, sex would lose every time. You're gonna have a big dump in your bed. Ah. A matchup of undefeated. Parody Larry. Apparently has something special, and it's not a bad parody. Thursday, Friday, he sucks up to her say. Except Saturday, go away. We're losing each week with you. Ah. For the love of God, stop lying to me. Joy and love. <laughs> People won't like me for picking the Eagles, but the Chiefs aren't going to win, I don't think. <laughs> Jocko tired. Jocko does not get tired. Tired gets Jocko. I'll see you in Laughlin, Lop- in Romy, and hit DK Mudcast's favorite table. Crap. Common sense would answer that question. Hey, Jim, it's always great, man. I'm always listening to you, man. Hey, Doc, you hit your mute button. Get out of the water, shark! Thanks, Brian Egan. Love you all. I love you too, babe. Thank you. Appreciate you, Jim. Thanks a lot, brother. The show does head to the infamous Radio Row in Phoenix. Good night, Burrowhead! Good night now! Good night now!